this is Jane Gunn, the corporate peacemaker and author of How to Beat Bedlam in the Boardroom and Boredom in the Bedroom. And this podcast is about how we can gain a better understanding of some of the aspects of conflict that help us to lead happier and more productive lives. So I'm speaking today to Dave Carpenter, who is a business consultant, a professional mentor and a speaker. And Dave's mission in life is to help individuals and firms be the very best that they can. So, Dave, welcome. Thank you, Jane. So delighted to uh, be here. Uh, I love your series of podcasts on such an important topic um, revolving around conflict resolution. Boy, we need that at the at the individual level, and we need it so much at the uh, world level. So, kudos to you, and I'm delighted to be here today. Oh, thank you very much, Dave. Now, Dave, you describe your life, both in business and personal terms, as being about partnering. And I believe when we spoke earlier, you said that Zig Ziglar was the person who first instilled that philosophy into you. Tell us more. Well, many years ago, I was in a uh, three-day program of Zig Ziglar's, and uh, he kept pounding away um, the message of you can get whatever you want in life if you will just help enough others get what they want. Mm. Now, that philosophy is one that um, my dear friend Bob Berg has, has carried forward in terms of the Go-Giver series of books, and, and certainly there are many beyond Bob and, and Zig who've who've put that out there. But um, it was Zig who kind of pounded it in and – um, I know that when I operate with that philosophy, um, things go much better than when I um, uh, forget that philosophy and, and maybe become more self-centered. So um, I try every day to uh, walk that philosophy. So how, Dave, have you put this into practice in your own life? Give us some examples. Well, I think that um, – Fundamentally, it's looking for the good in, in other people and honoring that and putting a spotlight on it. Um, practical examples. I, I, um, in fact, I met you on Twitter. I, I see so many people on Twitter, um, railing on and on about themselves. Um, um 80% of, um, my tweets, um, are retweets of other people's material. Mm-hmm. Um, salutes of those people, um, literally trying to help them shine on a given day. Um, and beyond that, um, lest anybody think that that's all a setup for then a lot of advertising, um, I do um, no advertising on, on Twitter. I do <laughs> use it as a public journal where uh, my musing about subjects are really reminders to myself. I remind people that I'm not preaching, I'm writing to myself. So, um, but, but Twitter's a good example, but I don't think it, there's just so many ways that we can honor and help other people who are trying to do, um, get by in a, in a challenging, uh, world. None of us have a perfectly smooth path. We all hit bumps and, um, Having a helping hand when somebody hits that bump, I think, is um, has been useful and rewarding to me. So your focus, Dave, is really about success and how people can be, well, as you say, the very best they can be. How do you encourage them to use partnering in achieving that success? Well, most fundamentally, I believe that life was meant to be shared and we also get more done 
when we partner with other people. So my firm, when I launched it 15 years ago, um, is called Partners for Market Leadership. I partner with my clients to help them achieve market leadership. Now, it's interesting. People say, well, how long does that take? Well, market leadership is something that you don't attain for a moment, and then um, it's with you the rest of your life. It's something that a firm has to continue to adjust and adopt in order to get. And I'm proud to say that um, I've had multiple clients that I've had for over 10 years because of that fundamental belief of, of partnering. Um, so that's on a sort of corporate level. On an individual level, um, I was very fortunate 37 years ago to marry an angel. Um, oh. And a lot of people say, um, golly, what's the secret to uh, being married 37 years? And I say, well, it's kind of like the secret to a good acquisition is uh, picking right um, as a starting point. But once again, I believe that the notion of partnering, um, which isn't a one-way street but is a two-way street of meeting the needs of other people, um, is is paramount to having long-term relationships, whether it be a spouse, a business relationship, relationships with um, uh, mentors, business partners, etc., I just find it a lot easier, Jane, to to invest in sustaining relationships rather than what I see as a lot of people investing a lot of time in trying to find a better relationship all the time and trading in like used cars or something or new cars. Um, just personal philosophy of mine. And Dave, when when we spoke last week, uh, you know, one of the things you, you talked about, I mean, you told a story really about uh, one of your long-standing clients who you have got a long-term partnering arrangement with, but how the secret, in a sense, to your success, and I guess this would apply in private life as well, is continuing or to strive to add value in that relationship rather than just coasting along. Well, I'm very focused on value, Jane, in part because my business um the compensation model is all around value um i built a huge practice for one of the international consulting firms and it grew to be 100 my practice that i was responsible for grew to be 150 million dollars a year but we made all of our revenue on an hourly basis that is, we charge clients on an hourly basis. And for some 20 years, I watched clients kind of uh, have this look on their face. It was not a happy camper look that was always straining with regard to, are you working as fast as you can? So when I opened my own firm 15 years ago, I decided to really change the paradox and to bill exclusively on a value basis. My clients compensate me on the value that I create for them. And that means I have to get up every single day, not thinking about how many hours am I going to work on them today, but how am I going to create value in their eyes? Because my compensation arrangement is that they get to determine the value that I've created. Um, now, if I don't like their determination, I have the right to terminate the relationship. 
Um, but fundamentally, I'm into what's of value to them and how can I create that that value. Um, I'm just really big on on bringing value to relationships. I think that's what it's all about. And that makes much more sense than just trying to fill the hour with work and uh, you know charging for charging your hourly rate, doesn't it? Well, it really, really does. If you think of the notion, uh, I give you an example. Um, many years ago, I had a, I was doing some work in a law firm, and and a secretary said, uh, "Gosh, I don't understand why the lawyer I'm working for starts every acquisition agreement over from scratch rather than taking out the last one that he did <laughs> and modifying it." And I think she knew the reason, and certainly I knew the reason. When you're being compensated on an hourly basis. The more hours you spend, the more money you make. Um, what a silly, silly, uh, you know, approach. I understand why the professional service firms have, have done it. It's not where they started. The, the original billing for lawyers, uh, for example, was very much on a value basis. They would submit a bill and it didn't document the hours. And then, um, the law firms, uh, borrowed from the accounting firms that I don't think had it right, um, and went to the hourly basis of, of billing. And now literally clients are not calling their lawyers to even discuss a problem because they're afraid the meter's about to start running. Um, as opposed to being willing to share a problem that might be an opportunity for them to bring value. But I don't want to get sidetracked. I could go on all day uh, rant, ranting about um, the change. And I'm a former lawyer, Dave, as well. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, you would you would know about those chargeable hours. I used to – Jane, I, a funny note on that. I, I used to go through my large practice um, for one of the big four, and I would – see somebody working and I would say, what have you done to create value for the client today? And the answer would be, um, well, I've worked six hours so far. Yeah. And, and I said, no, no. What have you done to create value for the client? And the answer almost inevitably would be, are, are you saying I'm not working hard? Yeah. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, have you... have you engaged your brain to find the value in whatever you're doing and that's on a very monetary kind of basis but i think it's really um our relationship uh between people um also now one of the reasons i so love your work jane is that um we can't even begin to think about creating value if we're in a conflict kind of mode um with our partners with our clients um with people in our lives and so many people are at that stage and they're not even ready to the sort of go to that next level of great value they can't quite frankly see straight with the relationship because of the anger and hostility that's built up in it and that's why i think your work is so important that people um learn um the skills of conflict resolution which is a skill um, I, last I looked, there were no babies born as experts in conflict resolution, um, or, or, or none that I've been able to detect. So it has to be a skill. It can be learned, and and people like you who are teaching people how to do that, I so admire. 
And it is. I mean, that's one of the, the, the reasons I enjoy this job more than being a, a lawyer, as I was, is because we are able to transform situations and help people find ways to really genuinely add value and save cost as well. So it's a, a, a win-win for everybody. Well, well, it's, it certainly is. And that's the essence of, of partnering is, is win-win. And, and that's why, you know, your work of helping people to, to be better at conflict resolution is, is bringing value to them and is therefore a, a good service and a good business to be in. I hope it'll never be a business that at the end of the day, the primary vehicle is, well, how slow can I go to teach you this new skill so I can make more money as opposed to really how can I learn to quickly um, teach a skill so that people can be better armed to resolve conflicts. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is much it's a very different way of working with clients with the same problem. And, you know, hopefully we can spread the word and more people will will come forward and, and enjoy that process. And I say enjoy because I do think that conflict is something that can actually add value. It's a catalyst in many cases that helps people to see where something wasn't working well and gives them an opportunity to actually improve a relationship or a circumstance. It doesn't always work that way, but it can do. Well, I think it, um, as you and I have talked in the past, Jane, uh, actually I think it impacts most of our lives much more frequently than we even appreciate. Certainly in the business world, um, there are all kinds of situations uh, between partners, uh, between clients or customers and the business, between vendors, where tremendous amounts of negative energy are expended, um, or put the other way, energy is drained um, by dealing with a conflict. I think conflict um, is a natural occurring uh, phenomena in the world. I, I hope that someday maybe we can all be above that, but it, I think it's a natural occurring phenomena where two parties are seeing things differently. Um, and I think the quicker people can be at spotting those conflicts and then knowing how to deal with them. But I think part of it is to just really appreciate the um, spotting them. I know after meeting you for the first time, I was my focus was sharpened on this issue and, and the next day I had a little fun just walking through life um, counting the number of potential conflict resolution situations that that develop and whether it's the waitress or waiter in the restaurant who isn't being attentive um, and we're we're growing you know concerned about that maybe not fully appreciating that the pace we want to eat at is just different from the pace that most of the people in the restaurant want to eat at. And so the, the waiter or waitress has got a, a routine established and, and we're out of sync with that. And instead of getting all hostile, you know, thinking about how would we resolve that mini conflict all the way up to the, the client conflicts that I see every day in major professional service firms um, that are just ripping at the fabric for both the professional service firm and the client, um, just way too much energy devoted to uh, that stuff, in, in my opinion. 
And you're absolutely right to focus on the energy because it, in the end of the day, you've only got so much energy. It's like a battery. And if you expend half of it on dealing with conflict in any form, then half of it's gone. You've only got half left for your business. Well, that, that is so right, Jane. Uh, I, my work with um, high performers and accelerating their success, uh, I leave to others to work on time management because there's so much written about and processes for time management. I think one of the um, areas that is not talked about as much and is not worked on as much is energy management. And um, I think one can make – I can't – increase the uh, number of hours in a day. I can use the hours I have better um, and have spectacular results by doing that. But I absolutely can increase the amount of energy I bring into a day by dramatic levels, by eliminating the energy drains and focusing on ways to add energy, whether it be by eating right, by exercising, um, a whole host of things that you can can do so. I'm uh, I'm very cognizant of energy drains um, and the need to um, quickly resolve them so that I can maintain the level of energy to get the things done that I would like to get done in my lifetime. Mm. And Dave, one of the um, things that we wanted to ask you is about um, all-star teams because I know this is a, a favorite um, philosophy of yours is that each of us should have an all-star team and that we should gather around us those people that help us to accelerate our success. Well, one of the things that um, is a constant question on my weekly radio show where I interview peak performers from all walks of life, from uh, people in the political world to um, a winner of the Boston Marathon, um, lawyers, uh, CEOs, is I like to ask them about the team they have. And one of the things that, that I have a long experience base with is that peak performers, high performers have better teams surrounding them than people who are struggling. Mm. Now, a lot of people sort of jump to the conclusion, well, that's obvious. I mean, they're successful. So it's easy for them to have a good team around them. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that these are people who put in place a great team before a team was even needed. Um, I'm blessed that at any one moment in my time, um, I generally have two or three coaches helping me with different aspects of my life. The last year I spent a year in an inner peace um, coaching program. Um, I've long had a running coach. Uh, I'm currently in a group writing coaching program to get a book written that has been um, slower coming than other books that I've written. So I put myself into a coaching program to do that. Um, people who know my team um, from my vendors, etc., they say, Dave, you're so lucky. You've got such great vendors working for you. No, I'm not lucky. I search out, find great vendors, and then compatible with my partnering concept – I keep them for long periods of time. I've had the same web woman who's a, a magician for now 12 years we've worked together. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that's just very, very typical. My admin assistant, um, I've had for over 15 years, uh, working with me. Um, I find the best and try to honor them, respect them, compensate them in a way that has them a part of my team. So if I could leave one thought with your listeners, Jane, it would be that if they can surround themselves uh, with an all-star team or call it a uh, – I sometimes call it a, your dream team because it's a way to get to whatever your dream is of, of coaches and mentors and partners um, – the better that team, the quicker the success will come. I, I, I guarantee it. And, of course, part of that is if those are human beings, conflicts will arise. And they're just natural. They'll have a different perspective. And how agile you are at quickly resolving those conflicts, how skilled you are at conflict resolution will be among the things that will determine whether you'll be able to sustain that all-star team for years and years and years on a consistent basis that's fantastic advice and and actually dave that's one of the pieces of advice from you that i have so valued and and um, busy putting into practice gathering my all-star team around me so dave um it's too short it's always too short but i really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and wisdom with us this morning um thank you very much indeed well, thank you, Jane, for the wonderful work you're doing on trying to educate all of us that conflicts will occur and the better we get at being adept at spotting them and then resolving them, the greater will be our success and happiness in our lives. So kudos to all that you're doing, and I'm, I'm so pleased to have had this opportunity to be with you today. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. 